In every generation, there are chosen queers. We alone will stand against the cisheads, the straights, and the forces of darkness. We are the Gayers. Hello, and welcome to We Are the Gayers, a podcast where a couple of sorcerers talk about Slayers, the Buffy Audible exclusive. I am Mark Malachi Gray. (laughs) And I am Jesse Blount. And yeah, we're going to be talking about each chapter episode whatever of this here audiobook and um because this whole audiobook is like a fanfic fever dream that i've had our summary will reflect that so (laughs) chapter one summary it's 12 years post canon spike is deep undercover in la as a medium bad clem is still around and a baby slayer shows up and almost blows spike's cover he's watching her for now until he can find a suitable watcher but Alternative Universe Cordelia the Vampire Slayer shows up because Spike is her only hope of defeating the big bad vampire queen, Drusilla. Dun dun dun. Dun dun dun. Uh, also, AU Anya is alive and a witch and is uh, missing her other best friend who is not yet revealed to us. I know. Who's it going to be? Uh, listeners, for the record, this is still a fully spoiled podcast. I'm just being dramatic we will tell you who it's gonna be because you know you know these are spoiler podcasts exactly tags alternative universe county compliant not comic canon clem is spike's bff cordelia lives anya lives sort of multiverse nonsense buffy is mia this is like a fanfic i would have imagined in a drug-induced haze in the best way original character drusilla remains the queen of my heart and the dog does not die. <laughs> Perfect. I want to get that out of the way for everyone who, if you were like me, being like, they better not hurt Jasper. Jasper goes through it, but he makes it through. Ja- Jasper perseveres. <laughs> All right. Yes. Yeah, so as I said, we're spoiling everything. And uh, listeners, come with me now as we enter the bronze, where we talk about everything that doesn't go anywhere else. My first thing is that um, of course, the, I guess, nexus of Spike's deep cover work is a fight club slash dark magic slash gambling den called The Dark Place, which is also extreme eye roll. It's so funny. The, well, what is the front part called? Because The Dark Place is like the secret backroom gambling part. What is the fight club part is like the main mm. part but i missed the name of that yeah i did not take notes on what the name of that is it probably so. has an equally goofy name though i bet yeah. if we check we can follow up next week to make a joke about <laughs> whatever that name is yeah um okay i already texted you about this and luckily it, it mellows but james marsters had like a time getting back into his spike accent and in the first chapter his it's like at 11 i had I was, like, giggling for the first (laughs) at least 10 minutes. I was having such a hard time getting into it. And for listeners who have watched Firefly, his accent is a lot like Badger in Firefly, which is, like... Or maybe if you're more of a Doctor Who person, like when Cassandra has embodied Rose and is pretending to be her, like, just imagine someone doing the most on Cockney accent 
it's so it's really hard to listen to. It's, it, it, it is pretty intense. I feel like after you said that, and we can talk about this later, I feel like there's a couple of other of the actors here who is like, I feel like the voice that you're doing now doesn't totally match up with what I imagine your character sound like. But yeah, yeah. And I think there's actually a couple other points through through the chapters where the sort of the ridiculousness of Spike's accents goes up and it's like goes up and yeah. down. Yeah, it's a, it's a little bit rough. <laughs> what do you have next? Uh, I am just here to say that uh, I ship Spike with having friends. <laughs> Me too. That was, I just, we'll talk more about this, but I just really like that Spike has his BFF. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's so nice. Mm-hmm. So... In the very beginning, when Spike is talking about, you know, like a post every girl who can stand up will stand up world, I was like, God, what do vampires eat? And then like 12 seconds after I wrote that note, it was like the vamp volunteers are constantly lining up to offer themselves to Spike. And I was like, thank you for addressing this question. And also, I love that vampires are subsisting off of volunteers. And like, I'd let Spike bite me. Of course. This this is actually, this works perfectly. My next thing is literally, I would 110% give Spike my blood. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry, not sorry. Right? Totally. <laughs> yeah. And actually, it makes sense to me. Listeners, I'm like finally listening to Dracula, the actual book. I'm so happy for you. This has been years in the making. Years. Uh, and I finally got into the part where they introduced the character of Renfield, who is the sort of, he wants to be a vampire. He's like serving Dracula. And I'm like, you know, honestly, my dude, I can't blame you. <laughs> 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 Just, uh, it hasn't happened yet, but I'm like, mm. yeah. Um, okay. I don't know if you noticed this, but when Indira, our new slayer realizes that she is with you know, the spike. She's like, as in Summers, Rosenberg, Giles, Spike. And I was like, notably not Harris. Love that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I exactly. Yes. This... He doesn't get brought up once. Yeah. If, for all intents and purposes, Xander does not exist. I mean, definitely <laughs> not in the alternative, which, okay, sorry. For the purpose of clarity, <laughs> I have a proposal about, can we call our Buffy universe, universe one, and then the AU Buffy universe, universe A. Sure. Okay. Uh, universe A does not have a Xander at all. They do not mention him at all. And I'm like, I've never been more thrilled for everyone. <laughs> no, that's not true. Someone mentions Cordelia having dated Xander and she's like, huh, I think I went to school with a dude named Xander. He was kind of a dork. No, she mentions going, cause like the, the dude that the master murders at prom is Jesse, which was Willow and Xander's friend. I I feel like they don't bring up Xander. I promise that that happened. Damn. All right. Yeah. But all she says is like, oh, I think I went to high school with someone with that name. That's it. So. Yeah. He was never anything. Yeah. Which I'm totally here for 100%. 100%. Yeah. It's just great. It's your turn. Uh, so we have a, a we have a, a scene in a bookstore because of course we do. <laughs> and 
And Diara is asking uh, Raheem, the owner of the bookstore, like, how did you get into hosting demon poker in your back? And he's like, oh, Clem comes in here all the time. And like specifically name drops my actual IRL idol, Octavia Butler. And I've like never, I like, I was at work, so I couldn't actually scream, but I did a little fist pump. I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah. So if you don't know who that is, you should Google her and then read all of her books. Okay, thanks. Yeah, I as soon as that happened, I was like, oh my god, Jesse's gonna be so happy about that. I was so I was so excited. I was just like, yes. And it's so in character for Clem too, Mm -hmm. which I'm sure we'll get into. I'm actually done with this section. Uh, I just have one more thing, which is I don't know why it didn't occur to me until listening to this that of course Anya would have a dog, (laughs) and I just love that for her here. Yeah, she has big little dog energy (laughs) (laughs) you are so correct (laughs) uh yeah and of course she gets a little dog slash familiar to match Mm -hmm. yeah Mm mm-hmm Welcome to the cemetery where we talk about characters. Let's start with your spike stuff. Okay, so 12 years post-canon bajillion slayers spike. It's very funny. At the beginning of this chapter, supposed to be like, oh, I'm evil again. I'm like, I literally do not believe that for a fucking second. (laughs) (laughs) Was it the part where he's like, evil, evil spike? And you're like, shut the fuck up. No one actually evil has ever describe themselves that way right and i'm also just like okay spike lol Uh, yeah right at no point but i did i believe that and then of course he's just like it is revealed that he is deep cover for the slayer council to kind of keep an eye slash moderate the amount of medium bads that are killing people in la which makes more sense for his character yeah i haven't looked this up. I don't think that this audiobook, I don't think it references anything that's happened in the comic book, which is like, there's like a season eight, nine, and 10 in the comics, but like, I haven't read the comics, but I'm pretty, I don't think anything about that has been mentioned here. So it's just nice to get like an update on him. So it's good to check in on Spike. He's, I don't want to say like the same, but he's still fighting the good fight um, with his best friend, Clem, who was great to see come back. Um, last time we've seen him in canon, he was fleeing Sunnydale at <laughs> season seven. So he only went to LA and now him and Spike are BFFs. And, uh, Spike is clearly rocking that single life in a way that he has not done in the entirety of his vampire life. True. That's true. Which, you know, is not at all, uh, related to anything that's going to happen later on in this book at all. Um, yeah, I think speaking of Spike having friends and stuff, I just love having Clem as a main character in this book. It is such a delight, you know? He's this wonderful side character that I think everyone's just like, gosh, I wish I had more Clem in my life. And like, now we really, really do. And it's so great. Uh, Yeah, I think that, and I'm probably going to say this in every episode, Clem does a better job of being the Xander character than Xander does. Oh, totally, because he's genuinely nice. (laughs) He's, like, never, ever mean to anyone. Yeah. Period. I know. Unless he's eating them, and they all deserve it. (laughs) 
Yeah, he is, he's a very refreshing character and just, it's very easy to see why Spike and Clem are friends because, I mean, obviously Spike's tough punk rock exterior is just a gooey poet soul and, you know, Clem is like incredibly like just genuine and sincere. Yeah. It's a very like odd couple kind of friendship, but I love it and it totally works. Yeah. Should we talk about Indira? Yes, we should. So we get an original character who is a literal brand new Slayer. Like literally she shows up and she's like, I got my Slayer powers this morning. And now it's the evening and I'm trying to take all these demons in this (laughs) demon bar that I found probably on Slayer TikTok. So here I am, everyone. And it's just like Slayer Reddit. She is very specific that she hangs out on Slayer Reddit. She is specific about that. I'm also kind of like... I guess I should ask some 15-year-olds in my life. But I'm like, I still feel like it would be Reddit and like IG and TikTok. (laughs) But who knows? Yeah, she is very uh, nerdy about Slayer culture. uh, Because, of course, it's been 12 years since all the Slayers have been activated. So people people know that they're there. So it makes sense that she's just like, I know all about all of the OG Slayer team that made this happen and about Slaying in general. And you're just like, honestly, same. Indira, like, her character is obviously a sort of, like, in case you weren't super familiar with what's going on in the Buffy the Vampire Slayer universe, she's a sort of, like, voice of the of a new audience. But I'm also, like, I think if I lived in a world where, like, vampires and slayers were real, I would also have this layer of intense enthusiasm. Yeah, she's such a delightful character. It took me a little bit to get into the book. I mean, this first chapter is like pretty slow. And again, Spike's accent was like kind of rough for me to get into. But I feel like by maybe chapter three, I spent the rest of the book just being like, I want to go back in time and have Amber Benson be responsible for the entirety of the Buffy universe because these characters are just better. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, It's like two things where it's like updating what we love about the Buffy universe to like contemporary cultural norms of like what what the show could have been doing in the 90s. And like now it's sort of like this is the kind of storytelling that like fans of Buffy deserve. And I'm in here. We're going to give you all of this. You want strong female characters check you want strong female friendships check you want well-developed characters double check you want us to like acknowledge some of the sexism of the original run you know we got it you want some people of color here there you go and it's like great amber benson should only be in charge of the buffy universe from now on. <laughs> yeah so it's co-written and then the, the dude who is like the co-writer of this i guess he's done a lot of buffy tie-in universe stuff post the series ending he is also sort of familiar with the Buffy universe, but we can just be like Ember Benson, just take it over. <laughs> yeah, I had no intention of bringing up his name, mostly because I didn't bother to remember it. So. I, I mean, neither did I. I had just I had just looked it up because I was just like, who is this random dude? And I'm like, oh, OK. Yeah. Amber Benson and some guy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think what made me say that is that Indira feels like a teenager in a way that we never got in the original series. And I think it also makes sense from a standpoint. 
I think she has more in common with Tara than with any other character from the original run. And so I think it kind of makes sense that Amber Benson was like, well, people loved my character. Like, why don't we just do that? But, you know, more and better. So she's just, yeah, socially awkward and nerdy, which is a great character to have be your hero, you know? I love it. Yeah. Yeah, just, you know... All, 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 all enthusiasm, uh, not yet real world experience. But yeah, she's just, she's very bubbly in a way that's just like, I love you. I would, I would die for you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, no, she's great. And I'm like, yes, exactly. My God. <laughs> when, she, <laughs> when she's like, Spike, you're one of my heroes. He's like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Do you have anything else about Indira? I don't. She's a very strong introduction. I'm ready for the next book of this to just be about her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Truly. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. So wait, did you have anyone else from Universe 1? I did not. All right. So Universe 2, we get Slayer Cordelia. Fun. Very different from our Cordelia, but also, you know, we talked to her for maybe 20 lines at most and two of them are really rooting her in our Cordelia. She's like, I don't want to get vamp dust in my hair. And then she says something about our universe having enough slayers to give one away with every purchase at Sephora. And you're like, yay, you are still Cordelia, you know? Yeah, yeah. Just an older, more world-weary Cordelia. But yeah, still our Cordelia at heart. And of course, great to see her as... I feel like if you're a Buffy fan 2024 and you don't have like... Uh, justice for for charisma carpenter anywhere in your brain then i mean this is really the story for that because she is a main character and you're like yes cordelia vampire slayer here for it you love to see and we get eight more chapters of it um also speaking of our universe a anya anya's here which is honestly a surprise because i am pretty sure that i read somewhere that or heard that Emma Caulfield was like, I'm fucking never coming back to Buffy. Fuck y'all. And so to have her come back here is like. Yeah. I mean, imagine being approached by Amber Benson and being like, absolutely not. I, how could you? (laughs) Right. It's like, listen, I wrote a very complex and excellent uh, character arc for you where you get to play both alternative universe Anya and Anyanka. And it's just like sold. I'm here. Yeah. So yeah, uh, it's perfect. And just briefly. I think maybe even less lines we get of Cordelia is Drusilla, which I have to say, I think Juliet Landau is the only person who is like nailing that voice consistently. And just like the first time you were just like, oh, my God, yes. <laughs> yeah, she is Drusilla. There's not even any adjusting to I, I mean, and I think a part of it with all of the characters is like people's voices change as they get older And so everyone's voice is a little different. Not hers. She sounds exactly the same. You're like, are you really a vampire? Maybe, because... I would believe that, to be perfectly... (laughs) Like, yeah, she sounds exactly the same as she did in fucking 1992. Or not 1992, 1998, whenever season two happened. And you're just like, are you a witch? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Anyway, it's great. I've always loved Drusilla, and, like, this whole story has been, like, a feast for me as a Drusilla fan, like just truly, I have just eaten so much from the table of the story as a humongous yeah. fan of Drusilla. Yep. Mm. Same. Um, do you have anything in the Hellmouth? 
No. Cool. Me either. <laughs> what a how refreshing. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <sighs> Welcome to the Magic Box. This is, for the record, the first time on We Are the Gayers that we have been to the Magic Box because we haven't covered the <laughs> season that the Magic Box is in. <laughs> so, yeah. hooray, here we are in the Magic Box where we rant about stuff. Okay, I do think that a lot of the... We kind of talked about this with our Camp Damascus episode on the Gaily Planet, where what I really liked about that book and about Chuck Tingle's writing is that it's like, you know, I feel like you can be really heavy handed with a thing if it's what you're doing, but that's not what this story is doing, but they do a lot of it. And so I get a little eye rolly sometimes where I'm like, okay, you know, and I felt that way about the Fifty Shades thing, because it would have been <laughs> incredible if Indira was like, what do you get out of Fifty Shades? And Clem says, I'm fascinated by the way toxic people can't escape each other's gravity. And if it had just stopped there and we all could have been like, nice, but instead they explain it where he's like, look at Spike's relationships. And you're like, no, I already got it. Like, I already knew what you were doing there. And I find it annoying. <laughs> You know, actually, that is interesting. I have that written down just because I'm just like, LOL, like Clem reading Spike to Filth about his past <laughs> relationships, which is just like, uh, which, yes, is a very hairy handed foreshadowing for sort of one of the themes of this whole story, but also just rude. <laughs> so rude. Just like, Dan, that's how you know your friends. It's just like to a to like a complete stranger. It's like let me tell you about how fucked up Spike's relationships <laughs> have been. And you're just like, damn. Okay, you know what? I have amended my feelings about this. That's a really good point. There is a lot of heavy-handed foreshadowing though in this chapter. So yeah, all of the stuff about like love and toxic love and like what that means is very much like okay, we get it. Yeah. So my first thing is about, so we have a sort of subplot in these first couple of chapters with Miranda, some energy sucking demon who like feeds on suffering. And we get a pretty bleak line about her just like destroying the life of the Slayer in San Diego, mm -hmm. like murdering her whole family and like breaking half of her body. And I just have to say that what the fuck we're, because it made it sound like, oh, the Slayer of San Diego. There's Slayers fucking everywhere. Why are there not, like, five Slayers in San, like, in San Diego and not just one Slayer who, like, for just for to be vulnerable until some fucking demon comes and murders her family? Like, what? Uh, don't they say that there's a bunch of Slayers protecting her at the hospital? I think the demon might just have... She might just be a good planner. That could be it. I guess... And maybe this is just me kind of being, like, Wait, what? Because to me, it sounded like those Slayers showed up now that they know that Gwen, the San Diego Slayer, is in danger. Oh, maybe. And I feel like that combined with a thing that we get in like, I mean, not even a thing we get in a later book. Sort of this idea that even though Indira is heavy on like Slayer Reddit, the fact that she's like, I don't know where to find a watcher. And I just showed up and started kicking some demons ass. I'm like, are you telling me there aren't 
watchers, LOL, watching this shit to be like monitoring online and be like, oh, someone is like, got my Slayer powers, you know? And I guess I don't know if it's intentional or not, but it sort of speaks to me like maybe there's, I guess like any large organization, maybe some, you know, you can easily slip through the cracks of the sort of Slayer watcher organization, which seems like someone should be working on that. (laughs) Okay, so the vibe I got was that she went to Demon Fight Club with the assumption that if she like got up to shenanigans, a watcher would show up basically like she went there to like summon a watcher more or less so i feel like they probably are still magically monitoring right the way that they were for potentials in season seven but she sort of it seems like i you know left uh wherever she was and like went on a road trip to go do a thing so i don't know how much like how easy she's been to find i guess that's true yeah, because she's she's kind of a act first, think later kind of. Kind of you know that that is true. <laughs> that is very true. I guess it just seems like to me, as someone who is perpetually online, uh, it seems like I don't know. There should be a like <laughs> form on the Watcher website to be like, did you get your Slayer powers? Like, send us a message and we'll contact and we'll get you in touch with our local Watcher liaison. And I guess. Part of it could just be because Spike has been deep cover maybe this whole time, depending, at least several years that maybe he just doesn't, like, he just doesn't have enough information about, like, how the Watcher's Council works now to, like, appropriately connect Indira to a Watcher. Like, we see him go to a retired Watcher who owns a bodega, apparently. (laughs) Oh my god, I love it so much. (laughs) Who is, like, one of the best side characters. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, yeah, and he's like, I'll just call Giles up. And it's like, so, you, but you don't know Giles is retired. So. <laughs> yeah. I guess there's, there's too many questions, I guess, to be like, how are these things allowed to happen? But. Right. Yeah, no, that's a good, that's a good question. Um, I don't, I think we've actually talked about all of my other stuff. So. Okay. I think Spike. <laughs> And I guess this is very Spike. I don't think Spike is doing a very good job of being deep cover, like, double agent. Because, like, he has his, like, weekly poker nights with, like, other supernatural creatures where they clearly know he is not evil. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Which is how he gets ratted out to Miranda later on in this story. Because Esther's like, well, fuck you if I can't join your poker game anymore. I'm gonna rat you out. And I'm like... I know you need an outlet to not just be pretend to be evil anymore, but like you could, should have kept a much tighter circle of people who know this information. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. It's, it's just a very spike like way of like getting outed as a bad guy <laughs> to the rest of the LA evil community. Yeah, totally. Welcome to the library, where we talk about magic and science and research that we did. All right. So there is a minute when I was listening to later chapters of this book, because spoiler alert, one of the sort of actual big bags is a possessed book. And part mm-hmm. of me is like, this hair part does not exist in this in like universe A for y'all to know to not be talking to a possessed book. <laughs> 
But then we get this call. Like when we go to on Anya in Universe A, she's getting a call where someone's like, is, is your store somehow about Harry Potter? And she's like, no, this is legit occult shit. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, no, it's just. I mean, we also learned that lesson in Ghostbusters 2. Don't talk to possessed paintings. I think that overly interacting with possessed objects is just a thing that humans fall prey to, you know? And I, yeah, we're just, no matter how many times we're told not to, we're always like, wow, (laughs) this inanimate object is sentient. I should hang out with it. Don't do it, folks. It's a bad idea. Yeah, don't, yeah. Okay, I only have one thing here. We meet this bizarre, incredible bad guy, monster, whatever, named Buzz, who is the embodiment of the souls of every dead hummingbird ever. And A, amazing. B, I'm like, does every species have one of these? I literally had the exact same question with like several (laughs) question marks. So yeah. And I don't think, I don't think Buzz is evil as it seems like Spike and Clem's poker game is just like other supernatural people. Like they have uh, an, an, a vulture in human form. Uh, And then, right. And then a collective ghost of all hummingbirds, which is just like, what a fantastic concept for a character. It it, it just so many questions. And this is literally just a one-off character. It's, it's so, I just, I love it so much. (laughs) I love it so much. Yeah, I hope that if there are more of these in the future, we just meet like one more embodiment of a different species in every book. Like, what is this? It's so weird. What a weird idea. I love it. Okay. I know. Um, <laughs> what else? Um. All right. I have two things. One is that we, of course, get both a Wizard of Oz and an Alice in Wonderland reference in this chapter. Mm -hmm. Um, in which Anya calls Drew an Alice in Wonderland reject, which I think is kind of a sick burn, actually. Mm -hmm, Totally. (laughs) Uh, And and Drew's like, I'll get you and your little dog, too, which I'm like, is Jasper only in here for that joke? (laughs) (laughs) Uh... I don't think so, but I'm like, someone was very excited (laughs) to work this in. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's really good. (sighs) I also feel like we get a little bit of a Star Trek, not Star Trek, sorry, Star OG Star Wars nod when you have Cordelia show up in a cloak <laughs> and is basically just like, I need your help, Spike. And she doesn't say, Spike, you're my only hope, a la the first Star Wars movie. But I'm like, you're pretty close. <laughs> Why yeah. is Cordelia wearing a hooded cloak? I'm just... You know, and literally moments before when Clem is insulting Spike, he says that Buffy was Spike's Death Star. So I think that you're onto something here. <laughs> This is what happens when nerds write books. Yep. It's like he was caught in her tractor beam. And I was like, this is so dorky. I love it so much. But it's also, it's like very dorky, but I'm like, clearly, as as we clearly get that Clem is someone who absorbs a lot of human media, makes sense to him. And my last point is about Raheem. Mm -hmm. And Dara asks what kind of creature he is. And he's just like, I just own a bookstore. And I'm like, incorrect. Raheem, you own a bookstore in a post-Amazon world. I think that makes you a masochist. (laughs) Oh, rude. 
I mean, I love him in books and every independent bookstore owner out there. It's just that's I don't want to say a bit of a thankless job, but unless you have generational wealth behind you, probably a bit of a stressful and thankless job. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's probably why he's, you know, got a lot of demon clients. They don't know how to use Amazon. (laughs) I hope he's getting paid for all of these demons to use these supernatural people to use his background. Look, he owns a bookstore making him a cat person, which is why he <laughs> did this whole thing. Is <laughs> because he desperately needed Clem to stop eating cats. Oh, uh, which is so cute. I wish we had more Raheem. I know. Yeah, maybe if they continue this series, he will come back. I don't know. All right. Thank you all so much for listening. We'll be back in two weeks with chapter two of this book. In the meantime, don't forget, this podcast is longer, always, on Patreon. And also, We Are the Gayer started on Patreon forever ago. So there's a ton of episodes there that you can binge right now if you want to. Um, Also, we make a bunch of other podcasts. You should totally go to hashtag ruthless.com and check it out. And uh, until two weeks from now. It's the hell mouth, bitch. Like, what?